You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. The season is upon us, my friend. The season is upon us. They were talking yesterday on 960. They were like, ooh, it's kind of just snuck up on us. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, right. This has been like the longest drought. Like... Imagine back, like, in the day, you remember, like, famines, like, in the biblical times, when it was, like, a seven-year famine? That's what this feels like. <laughs> oh, boy. I didn't I never watched Game of Thrones, but is it kind of like the winter's coming? Exactly. Like, 20 years long? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's what it's been like. Like, can we just, and just let's start. Holy shit. All right. By the time this thing drops, it'll be game day for the Flames. We're recording on Wednesday, but it's going to drop Thursday. Um, news today, Hamannick gets his his one-year deal with the Canucks. We both predicted it. Um, 1.5 million. Sorry, 1.25 million. Um, what do you think? I, I think it's actually, I, I like it for both parties, the Canucks and Hamannick. Yeah, I do too. I'm honestly surprised that nobody else was like, hey, we'll take you, you know, like Winnipeg couldn't use them. Are you kidding me? Right? Their, def- their defense sucks. The Oilers can use them. I'm surprised that he had to go on a PTO for starters. And I mean, I think it's a good deal for both sides. Sometimes this weird, just this league weirds me out. Like these GMs weird me out. I know. It's like that. See, that's what I don't understand. Like this bullshit about like, and we're going to get into the waiver stuff. It's like, well, it's so hard to improve your team. It is not. There's there's so many guys available at like all times, especially this year. Over the weekend, you could have picked up like four guys who make your team better for free if you're just a team like New Jersey or something. It's just so stupid that they never make any of these moves. I like this for Hamnick, and I like it for the Canucks too, except I did see that they were playing him with Quinn Hughes. They are. <laughs> well, they were at practice the other day. They were running Edler and Schmidt and Hughes and Hamnick. So, hey. I'm happy about that. Yeah, me too. Um, poor Quinn Hughes, fan, right? If you're a Flames fan, you're happy about that. So it's going to be interesting. We'll be playing Hamannick 10 times now. And Brody, well, nine times. but I, I guess they they had to do the the old swaparoo, hey? They, you know, it was kind of like with us with Edmonton last year. It, it just adds a little bit more juice to it when you swap some players, right? Sure, we picked up half their team, but they got one of ours, so... It'll make it that much more interesting. Didn't they get um, one other flame? Or am I going crazy? Isn't there one other guy who went to Vancouver? I can't. Well, they had, they had Furlan before, but. Right. I thought there was one other guy this year, but I guess not. And so, like you mentioned, it's interesting him not. I don't know. Like, why wasn't it Winnipeg interest, interested? He's from there. You'd think that'd be a perfect fit. I did puke in my mouth a little bit when I read that he 
it was always a dream for him to play in Vancouver. I don't know. Nah, if that he's full of shit. I don't know if that made you sick or not, but that's he's full. You know what? Like honestly, like if you could play, I don't know. I'm if you could play in one city in Canada. I mean, Vancouver is a pretty sweet place to live. So. All right, let's 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 do that right now. If you could pick one city in Ca- in um, Canada, let's say to do a good long stint. Let's say five six years, and the team is and you're in a stretch when the team's good doesn't they don't have to be you know Stanley Cup contenders but they're good they're contending every year they got playoff they're in the play in another playoffs or whatever where would you pick what what city would you want to be in Vancouver really yeah I, I would I would pick Montreal yeah that would have been my like second one just because the hockey like it's just like that would be incredible but I mean you know me I'm all about like <laughs> the weather you can you're right next to Seattle near the ocean i'd be that sure. guy who would sign for weather and and living but is the weather life is the weather that great though in the winter it's just like well you're by the ocean though come on hey you're the one who moved to bc man yeah but it's it's overcast it's raining especially on the coast you should see what it's like here today it's like a fucking tornado is gonna tear my house down right now Oh, we had that in the morning, dude. Just it's coming. You guys, Calgary gets all the weather where I'm in the Okanagan right now. It's actually been really nice this winter, but I I take Vancouver. Come on. No way. Have you been to a game in the Bell Center or the old Bell Center, whatever? No. Forum. Okay. If you, what was that? Bantam. We went. We went to a hockey tournament. Man, we all went to a, a Habs game. That city and that arena and that fan base. Trust me, you want don't want to be in the Vancouver fan base. See, this is like this. the difference just in the fan base alone, right? That's why I prefaced the team's got to be decent and pretty good and have, you know, they contend for playoffs each year for five years. For sure, I'll take Montreal, man. That See, this awesome. is the difference between us. You're like a hockey player through and through. I'm just like kind of like, you know, like you'd be like that heart and soul guy. I'd be like the guy like Brizgalov who's like complaining about the, the Wi-Fi and the shit you- in Winnipeg. Well, you have to be mad. <laughs> exactly. Coach is getting mad after loss. Vancouver all the way. I always wonder is like when I'm driving to the Saddle Dome and like freezing my ass off, I'm like, I wonder if like, like how do these players feel when they're like walking into the Saddle Dome and it's minus 35 and it's like 20 feet of snow on the ground and they have to drive home afterwards. There's stories of, um, I think it was in Wayne Gretzky's autobiography of the Edmonton Oilers players. They would just leave their car running the entire duration of practice. (laughs) (laughs) No shit, eh? All right. So good for Hamannick. Like I said, man, okay. The more I think about this, like how great is this division going to be? We got games every night that are now interesting. Like last year, I tuned into – pretty much most of the Edmonton Oilers games just to see if they were losing or not. And if they were, I'd keep watching. Um, and Vancouver's, you know, I was, I was keeping close cap tabs on them last year. This whole year is going to be awesome. Or this well, season. I, I kind of hope like, even if it is just a one-off year, that'll be cool, but I kind of hope it does continue. Maybe like, I think this is going to be absolutely so great because like, I you know, you never see enough of the Habs and the Leafs and stuff like like yeah. I want to I want the I would way rather the Flames play the Habs and the Leafs four or five six times a year than having to see fucking Arizona and L.A. and all these other boring ass teams that I don't give a shit about 
Like, I'd way rather have them play Canadian teams. So I think even if it's even if it's just one year, that'll be cool. But I would, uh, it'd be sweet if it goes on even longer. Totally. Hopefully, that doesn't mean the COVID shit is going on still. But so yesterday, General Manager Bradtree Living made a little bit of noise because we got news that three players were sent down or yeah, sent through waivers: Shillington, Ryan, and. Ronaldo. So it, it made a little bit of noise, a little bit of buzz on Twitter. I was a little bit shocked. Now I got to be honest. I didn't realize that to put your players on the taxi squad, they had to go through waivers. Um, so I didn't realize that part. I guess I didn't study that good enough. I know you did, but. Um, well, if they're on any, if they're on one way contracts, they don't have to, they, they would have to go through waivers. It would be the same as sending somebody down. Right. So. If you're looking at the taxi squad today, here's the taxi squad. The, the roster is official. So officially going into a season opener tomorrow or today for this thing today. Um, you got Deming as your, your third string goalie. Connor Mackey and Shillington are your two defensemen. And Ryan, Ronaldo, and Robinson are your three extra forwards. Um, let's start there because... Deming was a was an obvious one. We all saw that coming. We can we can kind of you know jump to the Oilers real quick. I, I don't think you knew this. I just told you this that the Carolina Hurricanes nabbed their third string goalie. That was making a, a buzz on Twitter yesterday too. It was pretty funny. Love it, love it. Great job, Canes. So I don't know what's in the water there. Something, but they can't get a goaltender, um, and now they can't get a third string goaltender. <laughs> So we got Deming and now Mackey and Shillington. Um, look, or no, it's, you know, it's, it's, oh yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Is it Petro? No, it's not. I'm sorry. I, for some reason I thought it was Petrovic. I totally had a, a brain fart there. It is Mackey. So both of these, look, the Shillington doesn't surprise me be, because he started camp late and um, Nesterov has had all the, the reps right already with, you so so they've had the chance to you know gel a little bit so it doesn't surprise me that that shillington was sent down through waivers although i was surprised kind of like most people on twitter that brad true living would risk putting shillington through through waivers um but lo and behold doesn't get picked up and i don't know it kind of goes back to this thing of like the league and the gm surprise me sometimes it's almost seems like there's some just like there seems like there's some, you know, mutual respect among the league throughout the GMs that they don't want to put in offer sheets for players. It almost seems kind of similar when, when it comes to waiver time, although maybe, maybe more accurately, it's just that no one has any extra cash to spend and they're already like focused on their roster as is, but very often do you see these guys get picked up for waivers at the start of the year? Well, yeah. And I think like, I think it's probably less respect and more like, (laughs) mutual stupidity or some shit or it's like mutually assured destruction is like if you do this to me i'm gonna fuck with you type thing yeah um but i mean probably the waivers thing like i think everybody probably overvalues me included their own guys like how could you put him on waivers he'll get claimed immediately it's like there's 150 other players on waivers too who probably other fan bases were like how can you put him on waivers right (laughs) it's like we all overvalue our own guys probably too yeah, it's kind of like relax. Everybody's going on waivers. So yeah, but Ryan, that's the other one that surprised me. I mean, if you're looking at the player 
as as value on the ice it's really surprising that you know you would you would risk that because someone might pick him up but then if you look at the salary then it kind of makes sense it seemed to me I, I was less worried about ryan getting picked up than i was shillington because the guy's a prospect um you know took in second round in the draft on a league minimum and you could have him if you want well like, yeah that's like i i was freaking out because like <laughs> as i'm known to do i don't i never overreact to things ever I mean, the Shillington one thing bugged me because I thought for sure he was going to get claimed because I did think even with the overvaluing statement I just made, I do think he was probably one of the best players on waivers available yesterday. Like, again, like you said, second-round pick, defenseman who's only played, like, what, just over 82 games in the league? Yep. Still has some potential. Still only 22. Like, I was surprised nobody took – like, Edmonton couldn't use Shillington. Again, Winnipeg couldn't use him. Vancouver couldn't use him. I don't understand. So, I was very surprised. That's why I was so mad because I was certain he was going to get claimed. Um, So, I'm glad that he didn't. And, I mean, if you've listened to this for any period of time, you know that I like Shillington and I've kind of been annoyed at how the Flames have used him. Anyways. Yep. um, Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we're we're both in the same boat. He seems to be one of those players that – doesn't get enough opportunity for what he probably deserves. It's kind of, I don't know. It's like one of the, this organization does it. I'm sure the whole league does it right. If we were really to inspect every team and every GM, but you know, you look at him players, like even Bennett from time to time, it's just like, can you just like put him in a, in a permanent position and like let him develop? Like there's, there's always, there's two parts of this of the fan base. Usually it seems like, Oh, they send them back to develop more or, you know, I mean, it's like, how do you get the best of both worlds? Like, can you, can you not develop in the NHL? You know? Well, again, like I wouldn't even have so much a problem with how they've used Shillington. If other guys in front of him were better than him, but this is a guy who's been not playing because they've played Michael stone and Derek Forbert, like get the fuck out of here. Right. So I mean, I don't think he's been given an opportunity. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, he hasn't done anything much. Well, he's played two he's two half seasons, one of them under Bill Peters, who I don't think liked him. The other one, he I like he was playing okay until they decided to start playing Michael Stone all season, then picked up forward and Gus at the deadline. So I don't think he's been given a a chance to succeed just yet. So yeah. So I don't know, as an organization, you kind of have to decide how do you want this guy to develop? Like either, and, send, either send him down for a full season, but if you're going to dick around with him up, yeah. up in the, the big leagues, like, don't expect him to ever develop. Like, Well, and that was the other thing too about like me, like, oh, if they're going to lose him on waivers, it's like, just trade the fucking guy. Yeah. Like, obviously he's not a super important part. Like, otherwise you wouldn't be throwing him on waivers and like not playing him. It's like, if, if he's not a part of the plan here, just trade him. Jeez. So that's yeah. where my frustration of Shillington being placed on waivers came from. Yeah. And it sounds like you mentioned on Instagram. I actually did a poll today on, on Shillington, just wondering like what, what do most people think? Cause I did see a lot of shock when he was sent down. And then I also saw a lot of people similar to what you were saying. You saw on Instagram of like, well, he's not that good. Just calm down guys. But um, I said, just said yay or nay is a poll. So 120 votes so far. 71% of people say yay. Yeah, like we haven't seen so, enough from him. So, like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like we're the only ones here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I, again, like he's played what, 86 games I counted today in the NHL? Is that yeah. really enough? 
And again, he's played like part-time a little bit here, a little bit there. It's not like he's had a full. No. Like has he, has he ever played? Maybe he's played 10 games straight. Has he ever played 15 games straight? He's been in another lineup. It's it's not easy to do. How do you find a groove? How do you, how like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, so it's, it's a similar story with Sam Bennett, a little bit different. But if you're if you're Sam Bennett and you're up and down the lineup and you never have a set role, like how does he find his groove? He just seems like a guy that needs to, you know, he lives and breathes off confidence. So how do you get him confident? The only way you get confidence through playing and playing enough ice time to get a groove going. So yeah. I think it's a similar situation with Shillington. And it's, it could be another one of those situations where you, you know, in two, three, four years from now, you look back and be like, the organization totally wasted an opportunity with this guy. Well, again, like I always probably too much. So reference the Brett Kulak thing. It's like, I think Kulak and Shillington were pretty similar up until this point in their careers. And then the flames decided they didn't want Kulak anymore. And then he was, they wanted to get rid of him so they could play guys like stone. And he's gone on to be very good for Montreal. So it's just like, I'm not a fan of shitting away. Good young assets is all like, I get the player movement stuff. I get all of it. I get that. He got here late. I get that it probably maybe he wasn't going to get claimed. I get it. It's just annoying to me. It's like, I don't want that asset to be wasted. Yeah. It's just kind of, and it, it's not necessarily disrespect, but it's at some point, if you're a yeah. player like Brody, if you're a player like Bennett, if you're a player like Brody and you're in and out of trade rumors, you know, for three years straight. Yeah. And you know, the the GM doesn't re-sign you and you get signed somewhere else. And then the GM tries to pretend that he was going to sign you if he had time. It's kind of like, look, the writing's on the wall. You can tell yeah. like the organization doesn't really value Oliver Shillington. And as a fan base, the majority of us think you should like there's value that we see, but I don't know. Maybe we can put a pin in it right there. Yeah. And as for the Derek Ryan stuff, like, I don't know. I found myself being like, what the fuck about that more because it's like, okay, I kind of expected them. Like I know, I know the team maybe doesn't value Shillington as much, but like to see Ryan's name out there, just the first initial thing, I was like, what the hell are they doing? It didn't make any sense to me. And the reason why is because, you know, depending on where you're at as a team in your development, but guaranteed there's 25% of the league that, this is a very serviceable third line player on 25% of the league. And totally. Like I just looking at the past years, as far as weavers go, I wasn't worried about Ryan. Cause what does he make? Three, 3.125. So I just from past experience, right. Players have a little bit of extra money on, on their, on their contract. They yeah. usually don't get picked up on waivers, even if they are, you know, you know, a good fit somewhere, but still is yeah one once i had kind of like taken a minute to be like okay so only only 11 teams would have had room to add Derek ryan's salary right um so that already takes like half more than a third of the league off the board so that's good so i'm sure the flames like made a calculated risk yeah based off of that the only again like again i understand all the fine i understand all that it's annoying to me (laughs) that again isn't it all about winning Derek ryan's probably to me the most effective forward outside the top six. I just get annoyed when it's like, okay, you're going to risk losing him to save a little bit of money. Just like, if you're so concerned, if he, if you're so concerned about your cap, Brad, maybe you should manage it better. So you're not in these situations all the time. That's where my frustration was coming from. It's like, Hey, we could potentially lose another important guy. Another guy who has value for nothing because of our cap is because we need some extra cap room. 
if you're looking at the at the roster, um, you know, at this time last year, I think it was Dubé was the odd man out to start the season. Um, so Ryan would have been in, but you got Dubé in now. You added Levo, you added Simone. You know that those guys are going to get a chance right off the bat. So it's really coming down to Ryan or Nordstrom, who's going to be in and out. And obviously they elected to go with Nordstrom. Um, I don't know if this was, do you like, do you think this is part of a plan to clear up like cap space? Like what does he need cap space for? Um, And unless he actually trades um, Ryan stone, like that, that's that cap isn't really free cap. Well, again, it's like, is it, what is the, what is the cap going to be used for? Right. Cause it's like after he traded for league last year, we're like, Oh, finally relief. What are we going to do? And then like nothing happened. Well, and didn't he even say last year that it was it was part of a plan to acquire? Yes. You know? Yeah. So I don't know what it's for. Maybe it's just for like breathing room in COVID with all the uncertainty. You never know what's going to happen. It's part so of that. That breathing know. room currently is two million eighty five thousand. So just over two million in cap space now. Um, there's some sort of weird nuance we were going over before we came on regarding the player salaries that are on the taxi squad. Yeah. You might as well cover that. Cause you got a better, you wrap your head about. So there was, there's like two things. Well, three things to know. Number one, if you're on the taxi squad, you're getting paid NHL money. Um, you're not making your AHL salary. If you have an NHL deal. So Derek Ryan's still making all his money. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that I think now that we've kind of broken this down, it makes sense why they're doing this is to accrue cap space because anybody on the taxi squad, their daily cap hit accrues over the course of the season. So you essentially build up cap space. So you have Derek Ryan on the books every day. He's not playing on the roster. His dollars go towards the cap space. So his daily cap hit goes towards the cap or goes towards your, like, it accrues into cap space. So if you have somebody more expensive on the taxi squad accruing more dollars, it's more beneficial to your cap than if Nordstrom's on there with a league minimum. Okay, okay so, so it accrues in favor for your cap space or against your cap? It, it accrues cap space for you. So, like, okay. your, his daily cap hit on every day that there's not a game and he's not playing, he's on the taxi squad, Okay, <clears throat> that amount accrues. So whatever his daily cap hit would be. Um, and then secondly to that, but do you think that it was it was a cap decision or was it it's probably first and foremost a personnel decision, don't you think? Like I kind think- of I kind of think it's a cap decision now, the more that I'm reading into it. Unless again, we'll have to see who's playing tomorrow. Because if it is a personnel decision, it's a fucking dumb one. Because Nordstrom sucks and Ryan is good. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. Like again, I guess we'll see. I kind of get the feeling that it is like purely a cap move. Okay. What's your take on it? Well, I know there's there was people on Twitter again, like this seems to be the default when Bradtree Living does something we don't understand. Everybody defaults to oh, there's a big plan in the making. <laughs> yeah, we got, no, we're, we're getting uh, Dubois. It's just a matter yeah, of date. Dubois. Literally, that's exactly. I, that's funny you bring that up because our Instagram messages exploded afterwards. Like PLD move coming. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> Do you know who you're dealing with? Oh, yeah. all these people in their like 4D chess moves thinking Brad's going to like pick up Taylor Hall in the summer. It's like, he never has this. He never has this grand plan. Does I it? found the perfect meme uh, on Twitter. It's uh, 
was that Malcolm in the middle, you know, the youngest, the youngest guy, Dewey. Dewey, yeah. He's like, he's at a table or whatever where the meme says, I didn't expect anything and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that sums it up, right? Every trade yeah. deadline, every off season. Yeah, that's about yeah, right. Exactly. So then right. the other thing with Derek Ryan's, um, Derek Ryan being on the taxi squad. So I guess um, in terms of the cap hit, because if you go on cap friendly right now, his cap hit is less than what it you would think it would be. So he makes 3.125 normally against the cap. Yep. Currently it's just over $2 million at 2.005. Um, so after doing some reading into this, so the cap hit, the effect that the team that the player's contract has on the cap hit while they're on the taxi squad would be equivalent to if the player were like buried in the minors. So yeah, then so there's a little, added relief there for teams. If you're on the roster, you don't, your cap it lowers. Yeah. So essentially since Ryan makes a certain amount of money, his cap hit is treated as though it's in the minors, which is just essentially subtracts 375 K off his regular cap hit. So that's where the bigger relief comes from. That's okay. why you see Ryan having that lower cap hit right now. Okay. So I, I, you gotta think it's for cap reasons. Like why would he go through all this shit? Like, there's no way Brad Schleving thinks Joachim Nordstrom is better than Derek Ryan, I would hope. Well, is it really bad, Brad? Whose decision would it be? It'd be the head coach, right? And he was he was on 960 or something the other yesterday after all the shit went happened. I don't know. I didn't really listen because he never says anything useful. Brad? But he said, yeah. Yeah, no, I watched. I just watched a video. And he literally says nothing. Yeah, he said something like they were just doing some cap gymnastics or something to that effect. So okay. I, I imagine it's mostly for the cap. So do you it think- fucking better be? Because again, Nordstrom sucks and Derek Ryan is a very important player, I think. Do you think Ryan, like, is it that easy? He can just dress, guys can go in and out. You bring him off the, the taxi squad one day and put him, take him back off. Like, how's well, see, that's what, that's what the interesting part of this will be is like how do they balance that because if he's off the taxi squad those dollars aren't accruing right like he can he can go to and for to and from the taxi squad but every day he's not every day he would be scheduled to play like if you say here ryan's playing tonight you're not accruing that cap dollars that you would be otherwise that i mentioned earlier just for that one day yeah just for the game that he's playing so are they going to put him back on the taxi squad on all the off days possibly okay so what I will be fucking annoyed with because it's kind of silly, really. Yeah. But so this league, is for the league to not have a workaround for that. But so here's the workaround. So um, the players who cleared waivers, they don't need waivers again until one of two things happens. They've played in 10 games or they've spent 30 days for cap purposes on the NHL roster, whichever one of those two things comes first. So once Derek Ryan plays 10 games, or has spent 30 full days not on the taxi squad in order oh, okay. to send him to the squad again, he would have to clear waivers. Oh. So that is what's going to be annoying to me because it's like, okay, now you have to play this game of like, okay, we can kind of fuck around and we can only spot play Derek Ryan. Right? Yeah. And it's like, that. That's, that's isn't this all about winning? Don't you want to put the best team on the ice all the time? That's why it bugs me. I went on a rant about that this summer where we're always told it's about winning. It's fucking not. Derek Ryan makes your team better than Joachim Nordstrom. End of story. It's not cool. all about winning. Stop trying to tell us that. Well, it's not like you, does, 
Brad need the relief? He doesn't technically need it, does he? Like, like no, they're cap compliant. <laughs> Sounded like a valley girl there. <laughs> they're cap compliant. I just like come on you guys things trigger me man when it's just like these things that are like okay obviously winning is not the number one priority (laughs) so we'll see Derek Ryan but I'm sure he'll be in and out of the lineup which bugs the shit out of me okay so Ronaldo's no surprise so the other two that you know what like did they technically make the team then uh Mackie and and Robinson like they're the other two on the on the taxi squad that it's, it was probably who knew who was going to fill those spots. Um, thank God Michael Stone's not on there. And I asked you before we got on this thing, this is, the, is the PTO over yet? Can we finally say goodbye to Michael Stone? Is this the end? Never say never, bro. So he has not been officially released yet. So I don't think so. And I mean, he's still a free agent, even if he is. So he could always be signed at any moment. Brad is probably working behind the scenes with lawyers trying to figure out a back backroom deal to get Michael Stone back on this team as soon as possible. So until that official release happens, we won't, we had something funny planned, but we're going to wait. All right. So Mackie surprised at all? No, no, I think, well, I'm not surprised. Like I kind of felt like he might be a guy to go to the AHL, but I'm just a little surprised because again, he's never played an NHL game or a pro game. So he so, apparently he impressed in camp. So if here's my other question, if, well, you know, they're going to bring somebody in, right? They're like gonna, I figured it would have been Petrovic over Mackey just based on like what the taxi squad purposes is. Yeah. So there's going to be probably, I don't know how often, but there's going to be a bit of a role. Huh. There's going to be a bit of a revolving door with Nesterov. I'm imagining with Shillington and or Mackey, unless Nesterov is just a key lock. We'll see. But if an injury goes down, my question to you is who could they bring in first Mackey or Shillington? I would bring in Shillington to me. It kind of sounds like they're leaning Mackey. Doesn't it? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Time will tell. I know who I, I know. I know if it's a shortened season and there's an injury, I want a guy who's played NHL games before over like a guy who's never played a pro game personally, but I don't know how Bradtree living is going to be operating this year. So if you're Bradtree living um, and you don't like Shillington, then why don't you play him a lot this season so that Seattle takes him off your books and protects your other players? Or maybe that's what he's reverse psychology right now. Is that <laughs> he doesn't want Seattle. No. He's playing the 40 it's check. It's chest, not checkers, no, right? He's playing peekaboo everybody. <laughs> he's playing fucking guess who. It's no, peekaboo. Peek- yeah, peekaboo. All right, Buddy Robinson. I that to me, like it's interesting. I'm not like shocked, but it's like always it's kind of interesting that Buddy Robinson's the guy on the taxi squad. Yeah, so, sure. So He's if, played some games. I if, so we know if Johnny Gaudreau is struggling, then yeah. then we'll see Buddy Robinson in the lineup to get his spirits up for a game or two. Hey, <laughs> okay? he'll probably come in and score more goals in you know the same amount of games that you know, that Levo or Monaghan have combined and then they'll send him back down. He'll come in, be great. And then he'll get kicked to the curb again when Johnny's mood is up. Just like last year. Yeah. Okay. Let's go over the um, official lines as of today. So it looks like this is probably what they're going to roll with for game one. I'm assuming if that's, they ended with this the other day, they're practicing with it today. So you got Chucky Lindholm with Dubé, 
Johnny Money with Levo, Monge, Backlund with Ryan slash Simone. So they were both taking reps on that line. I don't know why it's Simone or Ryan. Like, fucking Nordstrom sucks. Anyways. Lucic, Bennett, Nordstrom. Yorkidu. So you said you were liking these lines. Um, honestly, I, I, I kind of feel like Levo is going to be a really solid fit paired with, with Johnny. Um, obviously, for the Flames this year, the Johnny Monty combo is is the wild card, right? If if they can't regain some scoring touch, if Jeff Ward wants them to focus on becoming the next Patrice Bergeron and Corey Perry, whatever it is, um, like what's what, they're the wild card, are they not? However, these two perform this season is probably going to dictate whether we make the playoffs or not. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, like, they are the difference between us being a contender and, and us having a year like we had last year. That's pretty much the only difference. Um, I kind of like, out of the gate, Josh Levo, to me, seems like a really good fit. Um, I just feel like he's got that good shot. He seems look, I don't really know a lot about Josh Lee, I'll be honest, but from what I have seen from him, he just kind of seems like that quiet guy that, you know, does everything right. All the little things good, right. He does all the little things well. And he is another pass option for Johnny Gaudreau. He's got a good finish. So I'm kind of, he was honestly, maybe the guy that I really wanted to see start out with money and Johnny to, to start out anyways. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, me too. Like with Kadrell Monahan, he seems he's he's the best fit for 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 me. It sounds like for you as well. Like I know they've been trying to maybe try to force Simone there, but and I I do think having a right shot with Kadrell is important. Having somebody who can play on their strong side because he's always like he he's had the most success with Lindholm on that right wing, as yeah. opposed to like Furlan and stuff. So I think having a right wing or a right shot winger there is important. Um, and I do think Levo does some stuff in his own zone that, you know, maybe other guys can't or don't. So I think he, I think Levo is going to be a good fit. I, I kind of like the look of Levo with Mangiapane and Backlund too, though. But I do think Levo will be a welcome addition to Gaudreau and Monahan's game. The one thing that I don't, that I'm not crazy about is having Mangiapane on the third line with Backlund. Yep. Like, swap him in Dubé, and I'm very happy. I know everybody's excited about Dubé on the top line with uh, with Lindholm and Chuck, but, I mean, Dubé or Manchapani with those two guys was so, like I said this last time, that's your best look last year. Like, put those three guys, like, that That seems to be a very, like, that's the most effective top line you had last year. Yeah. I'm predicting that that will happen within probably a week or two. Um, I think we talked about this last podcast. Listen, Dubé was lights out in the playoffs. Was he the best player? I Probably. I, him and Bennett were the top two. So, obviously, they're riding that, right? They're, they're going based off what they saw at the end of last season going into this season. The thing is, right, we talk about this time and time again. You need a team to get you into the playoffs. You need a team to get you through the playoffs. The regular season is a di- completely different animal than the playoffs. So, the playoffs is a little, well, I was going to say a sprint, but it depends how far you go. Um, but for Dubé to, to really shine like he did in the playoffs is one thing. That's a really good sign. I'm not taking anything away from him, but to, to translate that into a regular season, 
a longer regular season. Now this one's shortened. So maybe it benefits guys like Dubé and back uh, Bennett, but I just feel like you can't, you can't play the same way you do in the playoffs in the regular season, just because it's too long. Right. And you know, that emotion, where do you get it from? How do you fuel all that extra juice? Like the playoffs is it, you know, something different wires through your brain and you just like, yeah, you, you're completely you turn into a different human being. That's what we see with Bennett every year. Um, so I just kind of feel like I'm not saying, I just, I think I mentioned this last podcast, Dubé to me is maybe another year or two away from solidifying a top line role. Um, I would love to see him prove me wrong. Right. But I just, if it was me, I'm just predicting that Monge will, will actually take that spot away from him within the first 10, 15 games of the season. Yeah, I hope so. And I get what they're trying to do with like the pairings. You got Chuck Lindholm, Gaudreau, Monahan, Manjipani, Backlund. I get that. And I think that is really, I think that's going to benefit the team. But I do think you also need to strike a balance between, okay, you're neutering your top line now a little bit. Like it could be elite if you switch Manjipani and Dubé. Like yeah. I'm, again, I, I don't want to take anything from Dubé away, but I mean, Manjipani right now is the superior player. If you put Manjipani there, that line is a, to me an instantly elite play driving line. Right now, it's it's not. And I mean, the third line would be better, but it's going to be interesting to see how Ward is going to balance, if he does balance at all, yeah. the the notion of wanting depth and having yeah. those pairs and having like one having one or two lines that are like legitimately like dangerous, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's going to be really interesting because the dynamic of this of this lineup has actually shifted in a way that we haven't seen it um, for God knows how long, meaning we have three legitimate centers. We actually have depth at center, um, which we haven't seen, right? So you got Lindholm, Monaghan, Backlund, which means now you have three lines. You don't just have like a heavy top six that you're relying on. You have more of your score scoring is stretched throughout your lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see how he manages that for sure, especially with matchups. Well, I hope he doesn't pull this. I hope he's got this stupid shit like out of his head. Like you were talking earlier, forcing control and Monaghan to, you know, take all these tough minutes. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And that's the one thing Versteeg pointed out as well. Like, I don't know, like hopefully he's over that. What I do like about this lineup, which I'm sure you like about this lineup is finally, 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 Milan Lucic is in a fourth line role. Bingo. Not taking anything away from Lucic, right? But he is what he is, right? Look, he shows up every night. He gives everything he has. That's all you can really ask for somebody. But like he's beyond the curve. So he's he like to slot him in in a third line role, not only does he probably not belong there, but then he's taking a spot away from somebody else that does and could probably offer you way more quality on the ice. Totally. And that's why I like this Simone and Levo acquisitions. Yeah. So much is because it fills that role because like you've heard us like that third line, having a third line has been a killer for this team. And it partially part of it's been because they don't have the center depth. Now you move in home there. You do a little bit. But, like, if you look at the last two third lines of this team, like, okay, f- sure. Ryan or Lucic, Dubé, and Bennett were great in the playoffs. But come on, like, the third, when your third line has Lucic and Dubé and Ryan slash Bennett on it, that's your third line, not your fourth line. And then your fourth line is what? What was it? Reader Jankowski. 
and Ronaldo or whoever was playing that night. That is terrible. That's one of the worst bottom six in the league. And then previous to to the year before when it was Jankowski, Bennett and Neil, like gross. Finally, there's guys who are slotted appropriately. Yeah. Now we, we've been kind of talking about backline. I mentioned it last podcast that you and I have been an advocate of putting backline in a third line center role. And the reason why is because traditionally, and maybe we're getting away from traditional hockey, but there's going to be some foundational things that just never really change. But traditionally your third line is your shutdown line because you want, you want play driving and you want scoring from your top six. Like you need to count on that. If you can have, and listen, maybe Patrice Bergeron, that line is rewriting tradition, right? They're rewriting the script of how you build a hockey team. But how often do you luck out and get three of those types of players that you can play on the same line that are just as good defensively as they are offensively, which is exceptional. So traditionally you have your third lines or shutdown line back on a manch. Look, I don't know. It, it, it kind of makes sense to me depending on who's there. I think Ryan and Simone can both fill that slot, but like, what if, if you're Brett, if you're uh, Jeff Ward, you start matching up your third line and your top line. Cause they're really great defensively too. But you, but if Monge is going to stay on the third line, maybe that becomes your matchup that you play all the top minutes against the, the opposing, opposing team's top line, right? Yeah. No, like maybe agree. that's the line you play against McDavid. And then you can roll out the Chucky Lindholm line against Dreisaitl's line. And then you, you put Johnny and Monty against their bottom six. Like, you tell yep. me they can't win those battles. Totally. So that's why traditionally you have that third line as your shutdown line is because then you can let your top six forwards do what they do best, generate offense, score goals, so that's why we've been advocating that for a while is slot back and down, make it a, make it a, a, like a real defensive first shutdown line that you can play against any line in the whole league. Like that would be the point of it. Well, and I think the other thing too, that we've been kind of like, Hey, maybe back when he's just slot down a bit is that he is getting older. He's not the player he, he used to be. Um, he's played a lot of hard minutes and he's always been the guy who's played tough matchups. It's like, Maybe alternatively, you can get hints of easier matchups if you're not going to have them be their checking line. It just gives you way more options to yeah. to um, not exploit. What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe to exploit everybody's strengths. Yeah, and if and if you're Jeff Ward, like you gotta you gotta know what you have in front of you. Like he's got to listen. If he can figure out the matchup game, right? Like this team could be really hard to play against. Totally, one hundred because our team defense wasn't great last year. If you compare it to the year before we were worse, everybody says we're better. The coach thinks we were better. We weren't. So our defense, if you look on what we lost in the off season, our defense got a little bit weaker. It's going to really depend on how well Tanev is, but we might have a weaker defense. So if he can combat that with making sure your, you know, his matchups give you better defensive quality, it's going to come down to matchups. I'm telling you forward at least. Yeah. 100%. It's honestly, it's not even going to come down to it. It's like, I am pretty sure the, the season's going to depend on it because like, again, I'm like, I, the, the thought of any of the Oilers top two lines hopping over the boards. And the only thing standing between them and then it is Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin scares the living shit out of me. 
Yeah. So hopefully it works because I think it's going to have to. So maybe that's where you kind of see the Monge backland pair work out long-term is if, if that's the role they're given, because that doesn't necessarily um, decrease their minutes all that much. I don't know. It, I'm just really curious to see how the matchups go. And, but I'm also concerned because what we've seen in the past is Ward doesn't necessarily seem to be a real big matchup guy, but maybe he's got something in his bag of tricks that will, you know, prove that theory wrong. Um, the last point about the whole Manja versus Dubé on the top line. If you look at, if you take the two players performance last year in the playoffs, yeah, I'll take Dubé. But if you take the two players before performance over the regular season last year, yeah, definitely taking Monge. And what are we going into right now? The regular season. So. Well, and then the other thing too, that I'm just like, Again, I I probably talk about Manjipani like he's a god on here. Like he's a good player and he should be playing more is my only thing. Is like I don't want him to be playing less is the only thing. Because it's like if you look at all the five on five numbers last year, he was your best five on five player. He should be getting some more ice time. So that would be my only concern is like, okay, as long as those guys are still getting the minutes that they deserve, then I'm fine with that. N- yeah. Number your lines however you want. I don't really care. Okay, let's go to defense. You got Geo and Anderson. That's how the camp ended up. So that's probably how it started out Geo Tenev. Um, I don't know what I like more. Like, do you like spreading out Geo and Andy so that you have more? This is kind of like the same situation. Do you want more depth in your in your two pair top two pairings? Or do you want to load up and put Geo and Andy together? Um, because then again, if it's coming down to matchups, you better make sure you're winning the matchup game. Like, do you want Hanev and Tanev playing 10 games against, you know, Connor McDavid for 80% of the game? You got to make sure your matchups are good, right? Yeah, I think with the defense, it, it I, I am more like, hey, you got to load up that top pairing. Okay. As opposed to spread the wealth. Because I think it is probably easier to match up D pairings, seeing if there's only three of them. Yeah. Um, so the matchup game is a little easier. I mean, I just, I can't, like, it just, Again, like I keep using this phrase, like neutering your top pairing. Like you can either have an elite shutdown pairing or have two pairings where one guy's having an issue. Like I, I and again, Rastus Anderson, you have to have your best guys play your best minutes. Yeah. Especially on defense. So like I, I would not want Chris Tanev <laughs> dragging Mark Giordano down playing 20 minutes a night that Rastus Anderson could be playing. So I think you run the risk of Hannafin and Tanev as opposed to like separating them like would you have preferred like let's say let's say hamannick is still around would you prefer geo and hamannick no i don't think so no so i i think you got to go geo and anderson because they're going to be one of the best d pairings in the north if not the best d pairing in the north division this year yeah yeah that's a good point so then i all i've also predicted that i think we'll see valamaki he's in the third pairing now i think by 20 games into the season He'll take a second pairing role. I hope so. Which means who's going to go down, Tanev or Han? Well, I mean, I I'm not even convinced Tanev's going to make it through the season unhurt. Like this guy has never played a full season. Like again, it all it all seems well and good, and you have all this depth and shit until one guy gets hurt, and you're like, oh shit! Now our top four is Geo Anderson, Hanifan, and I guess it's Valimaki. So 
That's why Brad Tree Living has Michael Stone on speed dial. Exactly. <laughs> he's just got like that. Ba- Michael Phone's got that. Michael Stone has that. He's like he's got that uh, red Batman phone in his. Yeah, it's a direct line. Right? Yeah, it's direct it's, line right yeah. to Michael Stone. Brad Tree Living, he has people in his office with meetings and they say, hey, Brad, what's that red phone? Yeah. Why is, why is there no <laughs> numbers on that? Oh, that's my direct line to Michael Stone. Exactly. That's what it is. So like I, when I would I'm say- in a, when I'm in a pinch and I need another D-man, I just pick up the phone. Jeez. So I think Tanev is the guy, even if you're doing like, maybe you do some like load management with him because he is a guy who gets injured so much, have him play a little less. I, I'd be more inclined. Again, maybe Valimaki can't play the right side. I don't know how much to make of this. This guy can't play the right side. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But yeah, I'm, I'm, Curious, but I am concerned about our second pairing because both these guys are still a question mark. For exactly. Me, right. So if you have two question marks together, you you could be in for trouble. So well, imagine <laughs> if Geo gets hurt or Anderson gets hurt. Like, can oh, you imagine? We're done. Well, then we can call it Michael Stone. We'll be okay. Oh man. So I, I don't know. I just don't think you can. You can have one really effective pair in Geo and Anderson. I think you have to do it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, anything else on the current roster you want to go over before we get into some season predictions? Not really. I'm just glad. Yeah. I, I'm actually liking the forward lineups a lot, but that D still scares me. Yeah. Well, that's our D, man. Yeah. That's what happens when you let four UFAs walk. Priorities on defense, though, right? Yeah. Defense and goaltending. So hopefully Markstrom's up. Hopefully Markstrom is ready to fucking rock and roll, man. Yeah. So who, what's the bigger wild card? The, the bigger wild card is still Johnny Monty. It's not Markstrom, right? I think so. Like, again, like how, Markstrom, how much of a difference can a goalie make over a long, over a season? Like oh. maybe in a playoff series, a goalie can win you a series over a, over a regular season. Like, sure. He might win you. Like, is he going to win you 10 extra games? No, like, maybe two or three. Right. But like, I think I totally agree. Like, Gaudreau Monahan's performance is going to have a is going to weigh more heavily on this team's success than Jacob Markstrom. Okay. All right. right let's. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Let's go into some season predictions. What do you want to start with? Um. Let's start with the with the low hanging fruit. Most points. Okay. Most points. Drum roll, please. That sounded like um an AR. That was Griswold. Griswold. <laughs> Family Christmas. Okay. That I'm going to go with, I'm going with Chucky over Johnny. Wow. What about you? Um, I'm going to go Johnny Goudreau. Now, did you have Johnny Goudreau before I said Chucky or you did you have Johnny? No, I had Johnny Goudreau. Okay. And obviously Chucky's your number two? Yeah. We'll see. I still think, again, if Johnny's putting up points, that means Monahan's putting up points too. So I, I think it's Johnny, Money, Chucky in terms of points. Okay. It's going to depend how they're rolled out too. Like if they're using Kachuk and Lindholm as they used Kachuk last year, it's going to hinder his ability to put up big points too. So I think um, this is Chucky's team. Look, he's he's on the top line. It's official. Um, last year we had this conversation, right? Whether or not he, this is where we, we were at last year, whether or not he was your best player, 
one thing's for certain he's becoming the best player i think i honestly think he's your he's your most well-rounded player he probably johnny probably more has more potential offensive upside but as all around i'll go with chucky as far as you know stability and consistency and that's already something that we said that's his next level to go to and he knows that coming into the season he called it out he said that's where i need to be better so this guy man like he wants to be the best so if you look at i don't know people that like draw have that drive right like johnny's kind of more of the more kind of the guy that you can tell man he's fiery he's competitive too but i think chucky's on a bit of a different level yeah, I, I, if we're talking about best player, Kachuk, but if we're talking about point totals, like Gaudreau had his worst year ever last year, right? And he still had two less, three less points than Matthew Kachuk. So yeah. I just think in terms of the ability to put up points, Johnny Gaudreau is going to get his points. But okay. like Matthew Kachuk's the better player, obviously. Hey, man, that's well, pretty official. Having opposing you know, viewpoints is what makes us interesting. Doesn't okay, it? so if we go for most points, let's go for most goals. Now, this Plus, is... Yeah, this one's a little more interesting. Yeah, because who had for, the, did Lindholm have more goals last year? Yeah, Lindholm had twenty nine, and I believe Chuck had twenty three. He was second. Yeah, and Monahan had Monahan had twenty two. So they are one, two, three. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think you might have a hot take on this, so I'll go first. I will say Lindholm does not have the most goals, and Sean Monahan returns to the throne of most goals. Ooh. Interesting. I left it blank because I was going to wait and see what you pick first. Oh, see, I thought you had a hot take for this. I just think, like, again, like Johnny Gaudreau, again, he still had 40 assists last year in his worst career season ever. Monahan still, in his worst season, had 22 goals. Like, and I think if Lindholm's not going to be playing with Gaudreau as much, I know he'll be on the power play, but some of those five-on-five goals, I think you could very much credit to Johnny Gaudreau for setting up Elias Lindholm. I pretty much think whoever's playing with Gaudreau is going to score more goals if he has a bounce-back year, which I think he is. See, I'm in the same boat as you. I think Monaghan will also score the most goals um, for all those reasons. And here's the number one – not the number one, but here's one of the supporting reasons as well. Look at the, sh- the shooting percentage last year. Oh, exactly. Lindholm was, was like – 11 or some crazy something Ex- crazy extremely high monahan was super low yeah. so if those things balance out i don't know. I, look johnny and monty they both know they have something to prove um yeah i'm going with monty yeah me too so who scores more goal who scores a second is lindholm a, a shoe in for second I mean, I, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't pa- put it past Gaudreau to score. Like, Gaudreau still shoots more than all of those guys. So I, I wouldn't put it past Gaudreau to be, to see his goal, to- goal totals go up a bit more, too. Dude, um, imagine if, imagine if he could shoot like Manji upon you. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, he, like, just the heavier shot. Here, here's Gaudreau's problem with, as far as goal, goal scoring goes. He's got a bit of a muffin. Yeah. And he only shoots in two spots. And when he goes on his, when he gets a hundred breakaways per season, he does the same move 99 times. So change up. Like, why doesn't he ever deke? Like the guy can He's stick. one of the best deekers in the league. Look, he is the best deeker. He's won that freaking skills competition thing. Like how many times? Like you can stick in a, in a phone booth, Johnny. You just can't do it at full speed. I hope he worked on that in the summer not in the summer. The like, year, yeah, and year, again, you've got a muffin, but it doesn't mean you can't raise it, Johnny. <laughs> 
Raise the puck, dude. I like, is it? I hope this guy is working on his breakaways because he gets, does he not get just as many as anybody else in the league? Totally. Like, totally. Every other game, he's on a breakaway. And stop I, going backhand five hole. Everybody knows what you're doing. Like, go to the glove if you're going to go backhand. I think yes. an underrated, two underrated guys for like who could be goal scorers, not underrated because we all know is Mangiapani and Levo. Yeah, those are my other two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you want to pick the next one or shall I? Um, I'll pick the next one. This is a juicy one. Who is the player most likely to be traded? Ooh, ju- 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 juicy. I'll, I'll say with... it's. Go ahead. go ahead. I'll say it's Sam. Oh, Bennett. oh boy. Oh boy. You know, if Brad Tree Living wasn't such a. What is it? What's a, <laughs> what is a kleptomaniac? Is that someone that steals? Isn't that they just like keep stuff? Yeah, this is, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at. If he wasn't such a hoarder, he can't let go of things, man. Yep, it's true. Things that he likes. He has no problem less <laughs> toys. Like, you've seen this in the organization. Guys like Brody, guys like Jankowski. It's kind of like, if he doesn't think you're got the it factor, he has a hard time wanting to keep you. But if he thinks you have, he just can't let it go. Just can't do it. He only lets you go when you're at your lowest value. So that's Sam Bennett. Exactly. He's not He's not at his lowest value yet. I don't know if he comes out and has another crappy season, isn't he? Okay, well, like, maybe we should just... Let's spend a minute on Sam Bennett. What do you predict we'll see from Sam Bennett this, this season? I think we'll predict what we always see from Sam Bennett. He's well, a- that's, that's a pretty safe prediction. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you were going to have a bold or unexpected prediction for Sam Bennett, either way, what would it be? Would it be he gets traded? Yeah, I think so, because if you're looking at the expansion draft, it seems obvious to me they don't care if Shillington gets taken or unless they're defending this 4D chess game. So maybe the other guy would be Sam Bennett that would be available. Maybe you'd want to get something for him. I guess he would probably be the other guy who would get selected, right? All right, here's my optimistic. And I, I just I don't see it. I think he is what he is at this point. Here's my optimistic take for Sam Bennett. I do this every single season. You do it all the fucking time. When will I learn my lesson? I'm too naive. It's it's a weakness. <laughs> but my optimistic hot take is that Jeff Ward, the player's coach, the nice guy, the fun guy, is going to figure out Sam Bennett, what makes him tick, what he needs, and he's going to give him a role where Sam Bennett will start to slowly build success and then Sam Bennett will get injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible. What do you mean? That's your optimistic prediction? That's Sorry, terrible. It, uh, it, it was going in an optimistic direction, but then I realized Sam Bennett <laughs> is forgot. destined. He's destined to fail. Like exactly, it, it's in his chart. It's in the stars. It's already written. Yeah. This guy, he has all the making, but it won't happen. It's fate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I Sam. agree. I I just can't see like he's my trade candidate if somebody gets traded this year. So sorry, Sam. Okay. I love Sam. But... Who will, who will be the most improved at the end of the season from the start of season to the end of season? Who's going to win that category? Well, I'm hoping it's Noah Hannafin, but I'm knowing it's not going to be Noah Hannafin. <laughs> See, come on, man. Like we just, we just, we just, did this with Sam Bennett. New Bennett. Right? He is. For you. I'm 
I'm already overconfident. So yeah, I'll I'll say I don't know. It's probably a pretty pretty easy. I'll you know what I'll say uh, Dylan Dubé. Okay, my sights are set low for Hannafin. I'm sorry. I know I know a lot of people still think that he's going to be the you know whatever he's going to be, but I don't. Okay, Dylan Dubé, that's a good one. I I think it'll be Yusuf Al Mackey. Yeah, he's already so good though. Then it's like. Yeah, how, to... how many how many games did he actually played? Yeah, like twenty four. Yeah, so all will right. He get, a... Will he get injured? Is it bad luck to talk about if predictive players will get injured or not? I don't think so. I think he's good to go now. Okay. Yeah, those seem to be just kind of like freak accidents, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, similar along the same vein. Who's most poised to have a breakout season? Um, well, we kind of briefly talked about this. Like, again, like I keep going back to like, fuck, if Hannafin could just put it together, like that dude, defense got, would be you, good, right? You gotta let it go, dude. <laughs> Brad, Brad, let I'm him gonna, go. <laughs> I'm gonna go a little off the board on this one, and I'm gonna say Nikita Nestrov, and I'm gonna say he shows us that he's. I, mean, I, I kind of wanted to lean Dominic Simone too, but. I don't know. I mean, if the guy played with Crosby and couldn't score more than like eight goals, like, I don't know what else to do for that guy. So I'll say Nikita Nestrov has a bit of a breakout resurgence in the NHL and shows he's an NHL defenseman. I'm sorry, who? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Number 89, baby. All right. I like it. I don't see it happening, but I like it. You're you got, you have good takes though. You, you predicted correctly. We were just talking about this last season that Cam Talbot by the end of the season would take the number one role away from David Riddick. Yeah. And he did. And so, what was your, one of your predictions that it was so good. Remember that I predict this. No, this wasn't a prediction. This was a hot take that <laughs> Mana had finished. He'd win the rocket. No, he said he'd be in the running for the rocket. You said win. I think, I think I said oh, in the running shit. and win. Oh boy. <laughs> hey, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. That was hot, hot, yeah. hot, hot. That was too hot. Way too hot. All right. So I this is a kind of a fun one. If you look down the roster, this is one of those categories where it's like, oh, there's some really interesting picks here, right? So the first one I'll say I got a bunch. Just because it's fun. <laughs> the the first one I'll say is Milan Lucic. What? <laughs> no. Can you imagine Lucic returns to form and scores like 30 goals? Half joking, but half. Could you imagine if he? Was well, I mean, like him? honestly, if he's in the proper role, look, he's on the he power play still. In. Here's my thing with Lucic: is if you look at his career, you know, ups and downs, it's like the same thing with everybody that goes to Edmonton. Like he was, he was still a great player when he arrived there, and then slowly, bit by bit by bit, he just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And it was like probably living in hell for him in hockey hell. It's hockey purgatory being in Edmonton. So coming back out of Edmonton back, or not back, but leaving Edmonton and going to Calgary was probably a big weight lifted off his shoulders. And then when Bill Peters was well, when he resigned, um, and Jeff Ward took over, we know for sure that that was a giant weight lifted off his shoulders. And then I'm sure as the season went on and ending on the playoff note that him and his line did, he's probably at an all-time high since leaving Boston. 
as far as his hockey timeline goes from the time he left Boston till now, although I guess he made the playoffs his first year in Edmonton, right? That was probably pretty good too. But my point is, is, is he not feeling good about himself? Although he's playing in the fourth line where he belongs. So it's not going to happen, but I just threw it out there. Cause it's kind of funny. I like it. And I mean, the rest will help him. And I mean, again, like, like you said, is there, has there been a better headspace he's been in since like heading into a season? Like, cause again, like he was with the Oilers. And then, I mean, even when he was traded here, it was just like, like he said in that interview, he's just like, Oh, James Neal scoring all these goals. I feel like shit. I want to retire. Like, I don't yeah. think Milan Lucic has been heading into an NHL season feeling better ever. And honestly, I think he might have more success being on the fourth line, right? Because he's not hundred percent. He's not in a pair of shoes that are too big for him. He's not in a role that he can't, you know, execute properly for the length of an entire season. He can come up. I don't mind if he listen. I don't mind if Milan Lucic, you know, moves up and down the lineup a little bit especially between the, the third and fourth line. If, if he's starting to get some traction and, you know, chipping on the power play and someone goes down or, you know, Simone's having an off night on the third line and Lucci t- takes a couple shifts or they throw Lucci up there. Like, I don't mind. Like to me, he might really excel in a role like that where he's in the fourth line and he can play up and down on a nightly basis for like a shift here and there just to kind of change things up. Um, I don't know. I'm loving the optimism. Okay, so my more obvious pick would be Yuzo Valimaki, but I already picked him as most improved. So I got two guys left. Um, To me, this is more of a hot take fun one, and then I'll go with my real one. My other hot take fun one is Josh Levo. Yeah, I like that. Because what if, if Josh Levo does have a breakout season, a, you stole him away from the Vancouver Canucks, literally stolen. And B, that means that Monty and Johnny have regained their form and we are definitely a playoff team. That's the way I look at it. I like it. I just, but, I'm just distracted right now because the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Flyers are playing. Dude, and hockey is on, baby. The first, the first NHL goal has been scored by Sid Crosby, Mark Jankowski. Are you kidding me? Number 14, Mark Jankowski just scored five minutes into the first period for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, he did. Watch him have a breakout year. Oh, he's totally going to have a breakout year. So Anyways. who's he playing with, you know? Uh, he was assisted by Jared McCann. So I think he's playing with McCann and Brandon Tanev, it looks like right now. Cool. Okay. So my actual real pick for most points to have a breakout, Matthew Kajuk. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think he's going to go to the next level um, he wants to. And when someone wants to, and they have all the tools as well, and they have the combination of that, because it's one thing if you have the drive, but you don't have the ability. He's got both. Well, yeah. And it's, it's not that it's needed, but I do think that it is. It was kind of my thing in the playoffs, right? It's like, I love what Chuck brings to the team. I love everything about his game. But if he if this team is going to be contender right now, he needs to go to that next level in terms of like actually putting up numbers on the score sheet. So I hope so. And it's interesting, like if you look at coming back to that, the you know, their points prediction, Chucky or Johnny, having having Chucky 
you know, putting up points, putting up goals, you know, seeing him take developments might actually be really good for Johnny. Um, might give him that little competition. Might be good. Might fire him up. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. Um, final two team MVP team MVP. Again, it's probably Matthew Kachuk, but I will just go a little bit in a different direction just for the sake of it. I'll say Rasmus Anderson. Ooh, it's Rast Eddie's year, baby. Yeah, you did. I like it. All right. Obviously the ones get chucked. So I'll go a different direction and I'll go Jacob Markstrom. Ooh, you see, yeah. I kind of always keep forgetting Markstrom's our goalie. Right. It's kind of, I totally forget. I wonder if teams forget. <clears throat> like we've been, we've had this situation where we don't even really think about goaltending so much because it's just like, I don't know who's playing tonight. I don't know. It's All right. Weird. Now let's get, uh, let's get dark. You're you're the one who's getting dark. And I'm this is a, this is a dark take. Are we allowed to do this? Is this bad luck too? I don't know. What's one thing that could go unexpectedly bad this this season? I think honestly, the worst thing that could happen is if Mark Giordano legitimately falls off a cliff. I don't think he will. He's not showing any signs. But if Mark Giordano is significantly worse, this team's done. I'm gonna go with. Kachuk gets injured and we miss the playoffs. If Mark Giordano gets, is if he's, if he has a normal person's drop off with his age, they're not going to make the playoffs either. Oh, scary, man. I think they could make the playoffs. Yeah, probably not. Without Chucky? Yeah. We we Mm. saw how, I doubt it, how shitty they were with him against Dallas. So, okay. Then my other unexpected on the other side of things is, by the end of the season, let's okay, let's call this my hot take. Okay. By the end of the season, Yusuf Valamaki is your number one defenseman. Hot damn. That's hot. That's hot. All right. I'll go, I'll do a nice positive hot take. <clears throat> See, I'm trying to balance between like realistic and <laughs> just like totally outlandish. It's, it's gotta be hot. It's gotta be hot. See. I wanted to go a direction with Riddick with this, but I couldn't quite like find a good angle because no. there's like no way in hell. No. Unless Marky gets injured. Yeah. And the only other thing is like I think I was like, hey, maybe Tanev is better, which no. So I'll say Johnny Gaudreau. This maybe isn't that hot. Johnny Gaudreau has an MVP caliber season. Ooh, that's hot. I think it's that's pretty hot. hot. That's real hot. Let's go, All Johnny. Right. All right. Final question of the day. Habs and Leafs face off tonight. If you're listening to this, you'll get to know in real time if we were right or not. Habs and Leafs, who are you taking? I'm going Leafs, baby. Okay, if you're going Leafs, I'm going Habs. And Canucks and Oilers, who are you taking? Don't want to take the Oilers, but I'm going to take the Oilers. I also don't want to take the Oilers, and I will also go with the Oilers because they do what I don't want them to do. That's why they're my arch nemesis. They are my hate.
So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there.